This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Klal Yisrael is in a state of shock and sadness with the horrific terror attack in Bnei Brak today. And we're going to end the program tonight with Kapitel Kuf Membez, followed by Achenu. We've come together tonight to hear Divrei Hesped, Divrei Chizak, words of inspiration about the life of the Sar HaTorah, the Gadol Hador, Maran HaRav Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal. And while Klal Yisrael bestowed many titles upon him, he had no formal titles. He had no formal position. He was like some of the greatest Chachamim of our history, some of the Tanaim and Amoraim who did not need any formal title or position for people to recognize and respect his greatness. Rav Chaim's extraordinary life fits the Rambam's definition in Hilchos Tshuva of what it means to be an Oe Vashem. The Rambam says, Ketzad hi ha'ava ru'uya hu Hashem ava gedola yisera azama od ad nafsho kishura ba'avas Hashem v'nimtza shoga basamid. What is proper love of Hashem? It's exceedingly great and strong. It's a connection of your soul to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a complete connection, until you're not able to think about anything else. You're fixated on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is the description the Rambam uses for Avram Avinu. Himalas Avram Avinu Shakara HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ohavo. And while we know that sometimes there's a concept of Ava Mikalkelas as Hashura. When somebody loves and when somebody is passionate, it can lead them to precarious places. Like Avram Avinu, Reb Chaim's extreme humility and Timimus, that Midav Hisalech Lefanai Samim, ensured that his tremendous Ava did not break any molds, but it fueled the life of unceasing consistency and commitment. The balance was a fulfillment that you see with Avram Avinu of Ata Yadati, Ki And like Avram Avinu, Rav Chaim was Baba Yamim, the way the Svasemes describes it, that he utilized each and every minute of every day to glorify HaKadosh Baruch Hu through his Avodah, his Talmud Torah, his, and the kindness that he showed the hundreds of thousands of Jews who begged for his attention. And like Avram Avinu, he was a true Av, in the sense that Rav Chaim Velazhenar explains in Ruach Chaim. He was a father figure guiding and molding and inspiring so many and implanting within us and in future generations the idea, the important idea that it can be done, that this level of devotion and commitment and connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu can be achieved in the 21st century. We're here tonight to learn we're here to be inspired by three eloquent Talmidei Chachamim. Harav Tzvi Teichman, the Rabbi of Congregation Oal Moshe, Harav Moshe Hauer, Rabbi Emeritus of B'nai Jacob Shari Zion, and Executive Vice President of the Orthodox Union, and Harav Aaron Lopiansky, the Rosh Yeshiva of the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. And tonight, they'll help us connect to Rav Chaim. They'll help us begin to understand the depth of the loss, 
but not simply to mourn and grieve, which of course is our obligation, but to see how we can learn from his life, how we too can utilize our kohos, ben adam lachavero, ben adam lamakom, ben adam laatzmo, how we can learn and be inspired to live our lives to the fullest and bring nachas ruach to the ribona shalolam in our own way. To quote Harav Lopiansky's introduction to his work, Timepieces, he writes that an esteemed friend who reads critically, upon evaluating an essay, commented, it's nice, but will anyone daven a better mincha because of it? An interesting question and one that must be answered fully. Life is too short for things that are merely nice if they don't move a person closer to his creator in any significant way, then one should not waste one's time on them. And so we are here tonight, of course, to show covet to the unusually productive life of Rabhaim Knievsky, but we're also here to make sure that we come away with understanding and inspiration that will ensure that we apply meaningful lessons to elevate and uplift ourselves, our families, and our community. Without further ado, it's my honor to present our first speaker, Harav Tzvi Teichman Shlita. I want to first thank uh, my dear friend, Yomin Marwick, for having the idea to get together to do this. Thank everyone for coming and also um, express the schuss that I have to be with such good chaverim to be Shemayim, and hopefully try to do some justice to the memory of Rukhayim, uh, Rukhayim Kineski, and may we gather together on happy occasions as well. I, I sense that I wasn't the only one when davening Beres HaChaydesh this um, this this past Shabbos, when we said, and we said we listed all the chayims, the prayers for all the various chayims in our lives, and when we thought about chayim shalaisha v'chavayd, of course we were asking for our own lives, but inevitably it was impossible to not connect it to the Reb Chaim of Aisha, a man who just embodied the gliklichkeit, how. Rich, the richness of his experience and of his Torah and of his entire life and the the dignity of his life. And of course, it was impossible not to break down in tears when we said the words, Chaim To be able to be privileged to see in our life someone who embodied that level of is a schus that many generations perhaps didn't have. But what I'd like to stop on in the minutes accorded uh, to me, is about the Chaim Shabracha. The many of us who personally or through agents were the beneficiaries of Reb Chaim's Bracha, and also the Chaim Sheyimale Hashem Mishaleisenu, Mishaleis Lubeinu Letoiva. How many of us went forlorn and hopeless and looking for Yeshua and went to him in hope that we would find the Yeshua? I sometimes ponder how many people actually came to his door, came to his door, how many people came to Letterman's, probably over a million. If you just make a cheshun, 200 people a day minimally, and 250 days a year at least, and that's 50,000, and over 10 years, 20 years, who knows how many people were the beneficiary of his bracha and his tefillahs. 
And the truth is, it wasn't just about the brachas we received. You know, I always wonder, in davening we ask for everything. We ask for panasa, we ask for gesund, das, and so many other things. But the one thing everyone seeks is happiness. We want to be happy in life. Where do we daven for happiness in Shemineshri? Where do we daven to be happy? And the truth is, there's one place. There's one place that we daven. We beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'hosim Yimena Yodhan V'anacha. Remove from us anguish and groan and, and pain and anxiety, however you want to translate the words Yodhan V'anacha. It's a broad description, both an inner one and an, ex- and an external one, and almost everything fits into it. And where do we find that? What's the answer to Yodhan V'anacha? How are we going to rid ourselves of Yodhan V'anacha? And we say, Hashiva Shaitanikaraishaina, Yatsenikavatrila, somehow the Shaiftim and the Yayatim that we come across in our lives are supposed to somehow be the cure to bring us the Hasamimana Yogan Vanoha. And of course the simple shot is a simple shot, perhaps I saw brought down but Cook in his writings he writes Shaiftim Amiti and Bali Ruachakaidesh the Shaiftim, the true judges who possess the spirit of Kedusha, those Sarekaidesh, those masters of Kedusha, who know how to give Eitzah, who know how to go and understand the spirit of every single person. And certainly, Reb Chaim, in many of the stories that we read, and you should read tonight, I'm not going to say a plethora of stories, share a few, but everything we read about him was just uh, uh, more and more testimony to how much he understood people, how much he cared for people, and how much he davened for people. But I think it's deeper than that, because Reb Chaim, when he explains this bracha, how do we remove Yosem V'anacha, Yogen V'anacha, what does it have to do with Hashim and he says, rather succinctly, in a world of Hashem, in a world where it's filled with the acknowledgement, the knowledge, the consciousness of Hashem, there's no room for Yogen V'anocha. And actually, what we say in the Tefillah of Ahasra and Yogen V'anocha comes from a Apostle, there's only one place where this Yogen V'anocha is used. It's a Navu in Yeshayahu. Simcha V'sasen Yasigu V'nasu Yogen V'anocha. The Simcha and the Sasan, those of us who certainly had the privilege to see many daily Israel in our lifetime, but especially, especially Reb Chaim and his Rebetzin and the entire home, it was a home that exuded Sasan v'simcha. It was a quiet tranquility. It was a quiet Shlemus. But it was people who embodied calm, care, love, obvious love for people, for one another. And it was obvious because in the world of there's no room. When you live with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you sense and you live with the Shechina, then there's no Taiv, there's no Ra, it's merely the Shechina and you have that sense of being in the presence of the Shechina that warms us, that gives us the confidence. And it was a different realm. Anyone who walked into his Dalit Amis, and I had Baruch Hashem the opportunity more than once, not many times, to go into the inner sanctum, his Heichel HaKadosh, or maybe the Kaddish Gadashim, his room where he sat and he waited until he caught sight of you after he was learning for some time, and then you made your request. 
and you were immediately enveloped in a warmth, in a confidence, and even though you came with whatever it is, the issues you came to deal with, but you sensed a certain calm, a certain confidence. And whether you got the bracha or not, whether you just got the buha and wondering how that would find its expression in your life, or whether you got a response that was clear and crisp and directive, either way, everyone walked out with a sense the Abishah is embracing me. I'm here with the conduit of the Shechina in this world. I'm in a realm of Molohar, it's Deus Hashem. And instinctively, even though we may not have had his vision to see, and to see with clarity, which was the expression of his Ruach HaKadosh, the spirit of Ruach HaKadosh within him, but at least our senses had a calm and a confidence that it'll be okay. We'll listen, he hears us, he's here with us. And it wasn't just that he was here. You sense the presence of the Shekhinah at every, at every single moment. And we had, in our own family, and I'll share just a few, not because I'm trying to boast of my personal experience, but what it taught me. Recently we had a, 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 an unusual uh, revelation of a bracha that Rav Chaim gave. My son recently got married, uh, a young man in his mid-30s, to a, a woman not that much younger than him, a wonderful, wonderful lady. And they were looking for Shadokim for a while. And my Mechutin, who has connections with different G'dayla Yisrael, was able to go into Reb Chaim, and it was just a few years ago. She wasn't young. She was already looking for Shadokim for a while. And Reb Chaim, he asked her a bracha, a bracha, and he said, Bekarev, Bekarev, and he said it twice. Shine. A year goes by, two years goes by. <laughs> he had the sense of calm and confidence. Reb Chaim gave a bracha. But didn't understand it. It didn't translate into reality. How long is Karav? A year or two? Doesn't seem to fit the description of the Karav. Subsequently, after they got engaged and after they found each other, and they were discussing, and he was telling about how he went through a bracha and he was disappointed. Meanwhile, my son realizes that he remembers having seen him those two years earlier when he was there also for a bracha for himself. And he knew who he was because he had made him acquaintance in one of his uh, business dealings. So he recognized when he remembered and they put the notes together and it was the exact same time. And obviously what turned out is that the Mullah Haaretz Deus Hashem, whether we understand it or he understood it or how he understood it, it was Bakarov. The collar was outside in the car. My son was in the room and it was two Bakarovs. There were two Bakarovs. <laughs> so what does that mean? So what do you get from that? We still have to wait two years. But what does it teach us? That when you're in the realm of Molar's Deus Hashem, you had a confidence, and he went for two years, and, uh, and even though it was you know, still not easy to wait, but somehow you got a bracha, and you connected, and you embraced by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and someone who emphasized Bekarav Bekarav, and we saw the, 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 the bracha, the, the radiance that enveloped us, and gave us that confidence to be able to get through the years until it happened. And then, another time I came to Reb Chaim, and this was not for a bracha, I went uh, for a different reason, we went to Eretz for a different reason, and I had been in TA, and I had been teaching a Bekiyashi, and we were learning Kedushin, and we were learning uh, the Sugyas of Kinyanim, and we, do, we did a Shua, a da, a da, um, I think it was a Daf a week, or something like that, and a number of day, and... Um, and we came to the Gemara that talks about how do you do Hagbah on an elephant? How do you do Hagbah on an elephant? 
Because an animal is kind of, you're kind of with Hagba, but how you doing an elephant? So the Gemara says, Chavile is Meiris. Chavile is means a bunch of twigs. Rashi learns it means you pile up the twigs, the elephant walks on top of it, he's rising above the ground, which is more than, more than the three Tvachim, and you, you have a Kenyan. But Taishas brings down Rabbeinu Meshulam. And Taishas says, Rabbeinu Meshulam says, no, Chavile is means that you take the bunches of vines that are the food that elephants eat, and you hold it high up, and the elephant jumps up, and by causing him to jump up, you have in the, the uh, Kenyan of Hagba. So when we learned it, right away, some of the kids in the group, in the, t- in the high school, was in TA, and they said, you know, elephants can't jump. So they said, how do you know? And we started searching around. And the truth is, you, if you ask all the scientists, they tell you, and you study it, and you look, and all kinds of a lot of writing on it. Asian elephants, African elephants, they can't jump. They're not structured that way. The bone structure and the weight, it's just impossible. They jump up, they would come down, they would crash, they wouldn't be able to survive. So I said, you know, I'm going to Israel. I plan on going into three daily Israel. Reb Michal Yudelefkowitz, Reb Aram Leif Damon, and Reb I'm going to ask them the question. So I went into Reb Michal Yudelefkowitz, and he says, Misam, they said pill, they didn't mean an elephant, they meant a buffalo or some bigger animal. It was just a muscle for a large animal. Rabbi Leif Steinman looked into the Gemara and he, was, he delved into it and, and he, he was really interested in the question and he says, you know what? How do they know that he wouldn't jump? He says, look, you know, the scientists have been studying this for, for decades, uh, centuries, who knows how long. He said, did they ever starve an elephant enough that he would be so hungry that if you held up the Zemiris they would jump? That was a classic Rabbi Leif. And then I went to Rabbi Chaim. And Rechaim, I told him, I said, you know, the scientist, and I looked into him, and he said, and he says, Zezenen nishkerecht. Zezenen nishkerecht. They're not right. He said it twice. So I was hoping that just like the grasshopper came up onto his table, <laughs> that an elephant would jump through the room. But there were no hoops and there were no elephants. That wasn't Zechah. But what it meant to me was, it's something, it's different. In the realm of Rebchayim, elephants jump because, you know, we see the world and there's a, a Metzius, and really that's what it's all about. Rebchayim lived in a Metzius, not a Metzius Acheres. That was the reality of what the world for a Yid is. When you live in a world of Molar Zeus Hashem, then there's a different Teva, there's a different Kayach Bracha, there's a different Kayach Tefillah, and elephants jump, elephants jump, and it gave for me not only uh, smirk and uh, it's cute and a nice story to tell over but I had no doubt at that point he looked me in the eyes and said and they're not right and elephants jump and we have to live our lives by realizing that the world for us is not the world that's outside and when you zaycha to enter into that realm then you zaycha to what some semblance or some touching onto that world that can inspire us that can inspire us how do we get? How do we get to that level? How is it possible? How is it possible? We talk about Rav Chaim and we'll read stories and I encourage everyone, the magazines, the weekly magazines and the newspapers, the front papers, that are a wealth of beautiful stories that could die to read, share with your children. But it's not, not my job, but it's something you can read and something to... But how do, we, how do we emulate? Is it possible? We're told that he was like the Tanoim, like the Rishonim. Grasshopper came in the times of the Rishonim that had a similar story. In earlier generations, what is the key to getting into a touching or entering or somehow approaching uh, that realm? 
His Avas Torah was obviously it was just uh, it was a love affair with the Torah. I mean, Reb Chaim just he spoke about Chayvus, but he only felt an obligation because he loved the Torah so much and the Rebbeinu Shlomo. And it was evident on his whole demeanor and the way he presented himself, and the whole excitement and the joy just coming into that home and uh, engaging with any one of the members. It was clearly uh, um, uh, a an effort, a work of, of joy. How do you get there? Reb Kivega says. How do we love Hashem? How is it possible to love Hashem? Where does it come from? How does someone love Hashem so much and I don't? Where does it come from? How do you command someone to love Hashem? Does it come by itself? He says an amazing thing, and it's not Rabbi Kivega, it's also Rabbi Baruch and Mezhevich, the Einikul from the Baal They both say the same thing, and it's Rabbi Kivega and Rabbi Mezhevich says it, it must be Emma, that they both say it. They said, you know, if you look, every day we say, Abba Rabba, Avtanu, the Abishta hot uns The Abishta loves us. Why do we preface Kriyashma with that? Because they both say Rebbe Kivega says that just like it says that you can affect a ava in someone else to love you back by loving them. If we allow ourselves to be exposed to the avas Hashem by entering into His realm, then the ava will come. So Chaim Bar Hashem, you know, he grew up in a home with Malayava, the Chazanish, the Stipler, and all the Gedalim that he was exposed to, and certainly that gave him a sense of sensing the Rabbanu Shleilim's Ava. But why don't we sense it? Okay, we also, the Abish to love us, so why don't we, where's the Kamayim Panam upon him? The Panam Yafa says, the Gehelegabal Aflah, he says an amazing thing, he says, Yeshev Tzadik tried to affect this. When he went to his brothers, what was he thinking? That he would go and win over his brothers who hated him? So the Pasuk says that he went and he was going to affect this magic of Kamayim Panam Panam. If you love someone, they love you back. But the problem was when he came, the Pasuk says, Vayiru Aisayim Eirachayk Ubeterem Yikav Alayim Vayisnaklu Lehem Vayisnaklu and, you know, they never let, they never let him, en- they never allowed themselves to enter his realm. So he couldn't impact them because they wrote him off before he came. The way we enter into the Rabbani Shalom's realm is by allowing ourselves, by diminishing a little bit, a little bit, whatever it is. We can't, uh, uh, we can't perhaps rise immediately to the levels, even though the Rambam says everyone could be like Maish Rabbeinu. That's what the Rambam Paskins, that everyone could be Maish Rabbeinu. I assume Rabbi Kanevsky wasn't greater than Maish Rabbeinu. So we can all become Rechaim Kaneskis in a sense. But at least we can become more exposed to the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and maybe that will generate within us if we just simply remove those layers of superficiality, externality, uh, chumrius and gashmius and all the things that distract us. And focus even on the times when we daven and when we learn with a sense of being in the proximity of the Shechina, not necessarily in Rav Chaim Kanevsky's Hechel HaKadosh, but in our own Hechel HaKadosh, maybe we too will sense the Kamayim Panim Lepanim and rise to fill the void in the world that's been created by this, this great gap. I just want to finish... I want to finish with, with one, one story. I think it's not a story, it's not a big story, it's just a, a small thing. But I think it's a lesson. It was a lesson for me, and it's a lesson, I think, for all of us. Now that he's not here. You know, we all go through Nisyanis in life. We all go through Nisyanis in life. And we, if you don't go through Nisyanis, then, you know, as the famous Bali Musa say, Lama Lichayim. 
There's no purpose in life if you don't have Nisyanus. And each of us goes through different times in life where life gets difficult. And we look towards others to help us get through those Nisyanus. And I went to Rav Chaim once at one of those particular moments in the journey of life. And Lamali Chaim, what happened? If you don't have Nisyanus, you don't need Rav Chaim Kineski, like Lamali Chaim. But I went, and I thought, you know, Gavaldik, I'm going for the bracha, halavai. He'll tell me to grow payas, and then I'll do grow payas. He'll tell me to put my brim up, I'll put my brim up. I already had somewhat of a beard. And, you know, whatever time we wear long sleeves, I'll do it. But I came in, he didn't give me any, any, any directions. And, and I said, you know, because I have this problem, how, how do I deal with it? He says, and he told me, and it resonates with me. It's, it's a powerful statement, it's very simple. The Abish Devilt as Yezotavanin. God wants you to doubt to him. That's all he said. The Abish Devil, he said it twice. The Abish Devil, there's no doubt in it. And that's, 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 you know, we're in a void. But sometimes we think, you know, we don't have the Chaim Shabracha, so we don't have any hope. It's not true. It's not true. The Abish Devil, he's here. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to pick up the gap and fill up the gap. We don't have to be on the level of Chaim Kineski to fill the gap. There's a famous, famous, there's a famous conversation that allegedly took between Rechaim Vital and Darizal. Darizal showered Rechaim Vital with all sorts of praises. What a halogen neshama he was. And he told his Rebbe, he said, Rebbe, I'm embarrassed. He says, you tell me like I'm the neshama of the Tanoim, the Amarayim, the Tanoim, we can design. And Darizal, as it's reported, I think from Rechaim Vital, told him, you have no idea in the generation that we're living in with the suffering and the difficulties and the exiles and all the problems with the disease, uh, pogroms and everything else in between. What a yid does, you have no idea how much nachas ruach the Hebrews has from you. And you can't measure it. You can't measure it. You can't measure it. Often when I was in high school, I used to use this marshal. And with this I'm going to conclude. I used to tell the kids, you know, you think you're nothing. You know what the halacha says? That if a man comes in, and I used to use Reb Chaim as an example, he should be Michael me. If someone came with a gun to Reb Chaim Kinefsky's head and said, Reb Chaim, I'm going to shoot you in the brains unless you shoot this buffer that's sitting in front of me. A guy who uses his cell phone on Shabbos and, uh, you know, he's addicted to whatever it is. What would Reb Chaim's answer be? My cause is the day. He would have to let himself be shot. He wouldn't be able to kill him. What's the story? It's not even a, you don't need a, you don't even need a pasuk. Svari, my chazis, who knows how much each one of us is worth? Who knows how much in the Abish's eyes what we do? But certainly we have to do. We have to make effort. <laughs> That's for sure. Without effort, we're not. There's no, not, Adam is not sumak. It's not very red. It says that Michal Sahagodl brings up the Nishmaisem Shal Tzadikim. And many interpret it to mean the Tzadikim that are taken from this world. That he's Omer Makav and Mizbeach Bonah is Omer Makav and Shemayim. And that's what we say every day. The Isha Yisrael, Usvila Sam, is referring to the Isha Yisrael, not the fires of Israel. The members, the great dignified, great people that a Kodesh takes as, as Kabonis and Shemayim. And I saw that we end the Parsha of Tomad and Ketiris with a Posuk. Vaover Lashem Minchas Yehuda. We daven to Hashem. And we got Hashem, don't take Kabonis anymore. Don't take Reb Chaim and don't take terrorist victims. Va'avel Hashem Minchas Yehuda. A Mincha, why is, what's special in Mincha? Va'avel Hashem Korban Yehuda, what's Minchas Yehuda? A Mincha is a meal offering. 
which is the Mincha of an Ani, which is the only carbon that says Nefesh Kiyakrif. It's the only carbon because it represents what we give to the Rabbani Shalom and we're willing to pare away some of those layers that separate us to allow us in to enter into his embrace. And in that schus, the Eivish Tevilt and Mizol Davenin, Mizol Lernin, we should be Isaac and Ben Omla Chaveray and learn from the beautiful ways of this God Hadar. May we rise to the challenge. May Akash Baruch Hu allow us to feel his embrace and in return, come I put him upon him. May Rizaycha Ve'isha Yisrael Sulasam Ve'orvel Hashem Minchas Yehuda. Everything that we do, that little it is, is great in the eyes of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. May Rizaycha that the Chayim's Neshama his Chus should be a Chus Adar. He so wanted Mashiach Tzitkena to come. May we be merited, and yet we still have time to bring the carbon the Paraduma and to bring the carbon Pesach. The very amen one. Zaynish arrived in Eretz Yisrael in 1933. And he came to something which couldn't even be called a city. A backwater. B'nai Brak of that time. It wasn't Ira Taira. It wasn't an Ira. And the Chazaynish, like his nephew, Rav Chaim, as we know, was, as Rabbi Marwitz mentioned at the outset, was a, a, a person without a position. He wasn't a Rosh Yeshiva, a Rosh Kailo, a Rav. He was a Chazanish who sat in his house, who wrote his Chorim, who learned. So the world came to his door. In Rosh Hashanah, there, in 1933, Chazanish went, showed up to Davin. In a small yeshiva that it was in, that was in Bnei Brak, there was no planning. There was no visions. He showed up to yeshivas Beis Yisef, to Davin on Rosh Hashanah morning. And when he came, eventually, presumably after Shachris, the person in charge, presumably the Rosh Shiva, approached the Chazanish and said, "You know, perhaps, perhaps." the Rav would speak to us, some Divrei Yisairus, would give us some words of inspiration before Tkiah Shaifer. Chazanish shows up in Shul, Rosh Hashanah morning. Maybe he would speak to us. Problem was, you know, the Chazanish didn't give speeches. He says, I don't, I, I, I'm not giving it Russia. So he said, maybe, maybe something, maybe the Rav can share with us something. And he continued, and asked, and the Chazanish said, Hey, listen, for those who want, before Tkia Shefer, I'll learn something. We could learn something together in a side room. So before Tkia Shefer, the Chazanish went into a side room. And as you could imagine, the entire base matters went into the side room. 
And I have in front of me the text of the Chazanish's Drasha. It's printed in every Shas, in every set of Mishnayas, and in every Siddur. Almost every Siddur. Am Rav Yesi ben Kisma. He read a Mishnah. Said Rav Yesi ben Kisma, Braisa, Perkeovis, Perikvav, Shonu Chachami Bilsoyna Mishnah. I was once traveling along the way and I encountered a man and he greeted me. And I responded to the greeting. Omar Lee, he said to me, Rebbe Meiza Mokai Mata, where are you from? I'm from a great city filled with sages and scribes. Omar li Rebbe Ritsaincha Shetadar Tadar Imanu Bim Kaimenu Vani Etein Lucha Elef Alafim Din Rezov Avonim Taivesu Margoliach. Said Rebbe, maybe you'll come and live with us. And I'll give you a million golden coins and precious stones and gems. Omar Tiloy, I said to him, Bini, my son. If you give me all of the silver and the gold and the precious stones and gems in the world, I will not live in anything other than a place of Tyre. Because when a person leaves this world, he's not accompanied by silver, gold, by gems. All that comes with you, all that you can take with you, is Taira. Taira and Masim Taivim and good deeds. The tire of your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of units of gold and silver. And the Chazanish read this Mishnah and then repeated numerous times in the ways of the Bali Musr of whom the Chazanish is not usually counted. Over and over again. You could give me all the silver and gold in the world. And I'll only live in a place of Tyre. This was the Chazanish's Rosh Hashanah Russia, 1933, Tafrei The Chazanish was making a value statement about what counts, about what matters. And arguably, the Chazanish was at that moment writing the constitution of the city of Venebrak, of the Iratayra. The real thing, where the currency is Taira, Umasim Taiva. 
where nothing else matters. Where Bnei Brak has a mayor, but the king of Bnei Brak, the king of Bnei Brak was the Chazanish. That silver and gold, nothing. Torah, Masin Tevim. And he was succeeded by the Steitler and by Rav Shach and by Rav Aaron Leib and by Rav Chaim. All of whom, for whom silver and gold meant nothing. Nothing. All that mattered was Torah and Masin Tevim. Rav Chaim Kanievsky is not one in a generation. Way beyond that. But Rechaim Kanievsky had a tremendous impact. Very practical. Someone, someone, perhaps still tonight, someone has to speak about just the loss of that, that reactor, that power, that presence of Tyra. That has nothing to do with a specific person But Rav Chaim Kanievsky, the person, the lifestyle, left an imprint. Today, while the world may not be filled with Rav Chaim Kanievskis, but there are a lot of Rav Chaim Kanievsky wannabes, and they're doing pretty well. People who have entirely different aspirations in terms of achievement in Torah in terms of dedication to Torah. Real accomplishment. You've seen perhaps some of these Shas Yidin. You may know them, whether affiliated with a specific organization or not. Rav Chaim raised the bar, and many people have strived. And if they couldn't reach it, they've gone places. There's a legacy of kumvase, of things to do. But greatness, and specifically the greatness of the Kaidash HaKadoshim, of the Holy of Holies, requires both embracing and grabbing onto certain things, and also putting aside other things. We read Parshashmini. Parshashmini has the ash, the fire that descends from the heavens for the carbon, for the offering that's the culmination of all the work and all the effort, the gift of Klal Yisrael, something which we brought to Hashem positive. And it's a moment of joy for Klal Yisrael. But that same Migdash has to be consecrated as well in that same moment. By that same fire that descends from the heavens to consume Nadav and Avil. And it consumes them because they embraced what to do. They went forth to the Mizbeach to serve Hashem. But they didn't leave behind what you need to leave behind to do that. The story of Nadav and Aviu is told in the parsha we just read, 
And it will be told again in the Parsha of Yom Kippur as the lesson of the opposite. Not of an avi'u is the Purim, where you leave nothing behind. The Purim, for all of its magnificence, for all of the Yom Kippurim, but Purim isn't the Kedosh HaKadoshim. Purim is the Yantiv without the Beis HaMikdash, very far away from it. To answer the Kedosh HaKadoshim, you must leave a lot behind. Meniachani kol kesef v'zov shevo'elam. Meniachani kol umnus shevo'elam. And it's a harder lesson to learn. It's a harder aspiration. It's a harder aspiration to put things aside than to grasp things. And Rav Chaim put a lot aside for the love of Tyre. The Rosh Shiva of Ner Yisur, of Aaron Feldman, told a story on the day of the Leviathan, the night of the Leviathan, his hesped, about some time, decades ago, when he approached Rav Chaim, I believe I'm telling the story correctly, when he approached Rav Chaim on behalf of a person who wanted to... Who was, a, who was a person of means who wanted to establish a koilo and wanted to be mefarnas Rav Chaim by having him lead the koilo. And Rav Chaim sort of just like smiled him off for, for money. I have what I want to do. And it wasn't like he was asking him to sell on Amazon or to become a lawyer. I was koilo, nishlecht. Meiniachani. It simply didn't mean anything. It wasn't the only thing that didn't mean anything. You know, it's not just Tyra. It's Masim Taivim. That full, that perfect life that puts aside the things that are unimportant embraces many other things. Oh, I had never heard before. Ravarin Feldman mentioned this as well. I had never heard before that for the year after Rav Chaim, that after Rav Chaim lost his Rebetzin, that that machine called Rav Chaim couldn't learn, couldn't keep up, couldn't concentrate. Part of What's real? Part of what you grab onto is Tairo Masim Taivim, connection, relationship. Can I share with you something which is incredibly striking? Incredibly striking. There's a beautiful, very small sefer called Orchis Yosha, written by Rav Chaim. I, I believe it's translated into English. And it's a big safer in English. But it's a little safer with 30 prokim about different midas, different things to strive for, to work towards. No peric is more than four pages. And the, I think the second peric in the safer, yeah, is bitl, about bitl Tyra. Okay, That's what you call, that's Rav Chaim's uh, zone. 
Listen to what Rav Chaim quotes in the Perak on Bittul Tyre. Motsasi Bagdama Sefer Beis Aaron Lagoin of Iron Vulcan. I found in the Hagdoma of Beis Aaron, of Rav Aaron Vulcan, Chaisiv Benoya's son writes that he heard from his father the following in the name of the Goyen of Vilna. You know that in the same Perak of Pirkei Ovis, there's a famous b'risa made famous especially by Rav Nayach Weinberg. The Memches Borem Sha'atera Nikhis Bohem. The 48 ways in which a person gains Tyra and one of them is Miut Sicha. Miut Sicha, what does that mean? Limited conversation. And what does that mean? Simply, you know, you shouldn't schmooze too much. If you want to be kind of Tyra, don't be a schmoozer. Study Tyra. Right? Schmoozing equals Bittel Tyra, right? The name of the parak is Bittel Tyra. So let's talk about Miyut So listen to what Rav Chaim Kanievsky, hey, this isn't me. If I would have thought of it, I would have said it. But listen to what Rav Chaim Kanievsky, that machine of Tyra learning, said in the name of someone, in the name of the Goy Navilna, the super machine of Limar Tyra. But miyotzicha is not a negative. It's you got to schmooze a little. Enoi b'shlila kafiyah muvan aposhut hakavana lahepach b'chiyuv. You need to speak a little. And wrote Rav Chaim shim yilmad adam harbe b'lihevsik datet his balbelalov. The person learns consistent, straight, without interruption. He's going to get confused. You need to stop and take a break for some human contact. A human being. Not a machine. Years ago, I don't know, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, I'm not sure exactly, I had the privilege to travel to Yisrael with my family, with our family. And and almost like as a matter of principle, I don't like bothering Gedalim. They have plenty of things to do. If I had something like very need-specific to ask, no, including a tefillah, including a tefillah. But you know, busy people. But on the other hand, you have to be mistaken. You have to see Gedalim. So the habit which we tried to, that I tried to have was to try to, to daven with the God. You could, da- you could daven by Rabbi Yashiv without taking up his time. You could daven by Rav Chaim. So I went with my boys and we went to Bnei Brak for Mincha Gdaila at Letterman. Whatever day of the week it was. I'm sure many of you have done the drill. Letterman, a shul, a few steps away from Rav Chaim's house. That's where he davened. He was, I believe, officially the Rav of Letterman. I never really knew that until at his Leviah they appointed his son to be the, the Rav of Letterman. We went to Letterman, and I got there. We got there about 20 minutes early. There wasn't so much going on. So I, I took, took my kids, and we sat down in the little base medrash on the side. 20 minutes later, in comes Rav Chaim Kenievsky. And it was so nice. He knew we came all the way from Baltimore. He came, and he sat down right next to us. We sat down in the middle base medrash on the side. And that was Rav Chaim's seat. He sat 
right there next to the pillar in the middle of base Medrash on this side. Because nothing mattered. Because nothing that we value, it didn't matter. He put it aside. The ultimate, the ultimate freedom is to be unencumbered by the distraction where the distraction is not the focus. That, perhaps, is one of the most profound pieces of the legacy of Rechaim. That we don't need to admire from a distance. Our work here is to be practical. How do you tell, tell people to be like Rechaim? We're going to put it on the side. We'll put aside all the silver and gold of the world. How do we do it? We can. There's Ravesiva Kisma of this story. It's not a person who's mentioned a lot in Mishnah or Gemara. But there's another story of Ravesiva Kisma. It's a famous story. It's not so famous for Ravesiva Kisma. It's more famous for the other person in the story. It's a story told in the Gemara of Avedezorah Daf Yerchesa Meralef. The story of Rav Hanina ben Shradyayim that we reference every Tishabov and Yom Kippur where he was wrapped in a Sefer Torah and burned alive by the Romans. But the Gemara starts and it says that one day Rav Yaisi ben Kisma was ill and Rav Hanina ben Shradyayim went to visit him. And Rav Yaisi ben Kisma said to to Rav Hanina ben Shradyayim Don't you know what we're living amongst? We're living amongst this Ro- the Romans that have been crowned by God. They've destroyed everything that is precious and they're still thriving. And I hear that you are assembling groups of people and publicly cradling a Sefer Torah from which you are teaching. Omar Loi said Rechanina ben Tradim, Minashemayim Yerachmu, the Rabbi Shem will have mercy on me. Omar Loi, Rabbi Yehissim and Kisma said, Ani Omer Lechadvarim Shaltam, Ata Omer Liminashemayim Yerachmu. I'm asking you posing to you a logical problem, a practical problem, dvorim shaltam, and you're responding with wishful thinking from heaven, they're going to have mercy. Tama ani, I'll be amazed if they don't burn you together with that Sefer Torah. And the Gemara says, Rav Yesi ben Kisma died. And all of the greats, all of the governmental leaders of Rome went to be masked him. They went to participate in a big eulogy for Rav Yesi ben Kisma. And on the way home from the Leviah, they saw Rav Hanina ben Tradyan with a group of people cradling a Sefer Torah 
from which he was teaching them. And they took him, evidently uninspired by the Leviah, and they burned him, alive, with the Sefer Torah, as you know the story. That's the other story of Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma. So I have two questions. First of all, Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma said that he comes from a city, a big city filled with sages and scribes. Here, we see Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma lived in a city that was dominated by governors, legions, where sages and scribes have to go undercover. And second, Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma says, none of this is important to me. Silver and gold means nothing. All that matters to me is Tyre. And the same Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma is rebuking Rav Hanina ben Trazin for teaching Tyre. And he evidently was so well-connected with all the powerful people that they all came to be him. I don't get it. Is this the same Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma? Of course it's the same Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma. You know, you can live in a city filled with Roman legions and the only thing that you see that really matters are the Chachamim and the Seifrim. You might have to play along with the game that's defined by others. You may have to work the room with the ministers and the governors and the officers. <laughs> but they're nothing. Rav Chaim Kanievsky's value system is not reserved for a Chov Rashbam. It's not reserved for those whose community, whose upbringing, whose circumstances can have them live in what we would call a havel. It's not reserved for those who are able to spend however many high and the double digits hours a day learning Torah and giving of whatever is left of their time and carving out from that time to just give to anybody and everybody. That value system that puts aside that makes profoundly secondary all other values. That could be ours too. It's not out of reach. We can recognize what's important. Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Sartzilom Me'aleim. We've lost something that's indescribable. But we've lost something that's also emulatable by each and every one of us. What he valued, but even perhaps more important and more basic, what he didn't. May we be to grab on 
what's really, really important and put aside the rest. I'd ask a Rav Aram Lopiansky Shlita to please share some Divrei Hesped and Chizah. I think it's appropriately been pointed out, on the one hand, the difficulty to try to be makif, to try to wrap around understanding about Rav Chaim and so on, and certainly to emulate. But the Chiv of Hesbid is both. The Chiv of Hesbid is at least to help define for ourselves um, the Shirkaima, some understanding of the, this, the unique aspect of his godless and somewhere if we were Zeicha to be part of his door and with his Estalkas, there is an obligation to be aimed on some of his unique points and to bring it down in some way that would be appropriate for us. Gemara says in Brachis, also quite a well-known Gemara, it says that there was a machlokis of Shimbein What's the appropriate way to balance life, the uh, mundane needs of life in Torah? That a person needs to somehow combine Torah and Derecharetz. If Shimbein it's impossible that a person should engage in the world in a, in a way that is natural and, you know, it runs in sync with the nature of the world and still be also in Torah. But, if they do return to Shemakom, HaKadosh Baruch finds a way to provide it by other nations. So the Gemara concludes, Many people did like Rabbi Shmuel, and it worked. Many people tried to and it didn't work for them. The simple understanding would be that you have to be on a high madrega. And therefore, if you're on a madrega, like and his Torah, and so on, so certainly you allow to do it, you can do it, you have the Seatashmaya to do it, and that's where it works. Whereas if you're not in that madrega, and people are smaller people, not of that darga, they, it won't work. But the Gemara, so the Gemara should have said, Anoshim Gdoilim Osu Kreb Shim Yechoyev also Biodom, Anoshim Ktanim, Anoshim that were not Shleimim. They should have described it in terms of um, stature, because that's the real distinction. If a person is royal to it, then a person, it'll work. If a person is not royal to it, it won't work. 
telling us the numbers isn't really giving us the true description of what the difference is. It's true, there are many people on a very high, on not such high madrega, and a few people on the low madrega. The, the Masha um, brings a, a Gemara that says that Reb Shemechoy said, I've seen the people that are chashev, and there are very few of them. If there are a thousand, myself and my son are part of them. If there are a hundred. If there are two, my son and myself are part of it. So once again, there seems to be some sort of numbers. Um, it didn't have to be that way. The Nealiyah is it, is it just happens to be that statistically they're few. It's they're, they're not the norm. By focusing on the numbers of it, it seems to be putting a finger on the wrong place. So there is a Gemara, actually it's a Mishnah and a Gemara, that gives us a category that describes Yechidim. The Mishnah in Tainis speaks about the Seder Tanesim, that it's appropriate for a Tzibur to fast when calamities occur. And there's a whole detailed, and so many people have, have learned it and seen it, there's a whole detailed array of Tanesim with, with increasing severity that, um, that we have to enact in public. At both ends, at the first set of Tanesim, the, the Mishnah says, Yechidim amisanin. Yechidim means the few. And at the tail end, after we've gone through a whole series of Tanesim and nothing's worked, Yechidim are still, are still the ones that do it. So we have a corpus of people called Yechidim, individuals. And the Gemara asks, who are these individuals? Man Yechidim? So the Gemara says, Rabbana, Tamir Chachamim. Here the question is really strong because, as of how I mentioned, what happens if you have a city that's Moli Chachamim? It, it, it doesn't say any place how many Tamir Chachamim need to live in a city, don't? What happens if a city full Tamir Chachamim? If, if the criteria is Tamir Chachamim, then everybody should do it. That why, why is it Yechidim? It, it, it should say Tamir Chachamim, and then it depends. In some places it might be one, in some places a million, in some places it might be 10,000. So we see in that Gemara, in that Mishnah, that there is a category of people called Yechidim. Yochid describes a quality of a person, and it applies mostly to Tamir Chachamim. And this is where I'd like to try to think a moment a little bit and understand what that quality of Yechidim is and why it applies specifically to Chachamim. The Medr says in Breshis that the Neshama has five names. It's called, and these are the names we're very familiar with, Nefesh, Susan Torah, Ruach, Kohelas, other places, in the VM, there's Neshama, also Psukim, 
And then two other names that are we're less familiar with, Chaya and Yechida. And each one of these represents a particular aspect of a person and his, and his neshama. The understanding that our Chachamim have given us, the Kadmonim, that these are not just five um, synonyms, but there's actually a hierarchy where the word nefesh can refer to an animal also. Ruach, Kohelas, Ruach Adam, Ruach Abahema. Neshama is higher. And finally, Chaya and Yechida, the highest, the most, the innermost sanctum of a person's essence lies in a part of Neshama that's called Yechida. And Chazal say that it's Yechida because all the organs in a person's body are symmetrical, they come in twos. The neshama is one. There is no symmetry, it's one. And it reflects the quality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we, when we want to say HaKadosh Baruch Hu's quality, that is our basis of Emunah, we speak of Hashem Echad. So, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinah Hashem Echad, and that's the innermost revelation of HaKadosh Baruch in this world. And every person in his own nefesh and neshama has that point of Echad. And that's called Yechida. Dabra says, Dabra Melech, when he wanted to praise the Baruch Nafshi, the quality, the nefesh has all qualities that reflect HaKadosh Baruch Hu's qualities. And the innermost quality is the, just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Bechadri Chadorim, the Nefesh is Bechadri Chadorim, and it's obviously referring to this innermost part of a person. What it means is that at our lowest level, we're a biological entity that is part of a cloud. There are many, many animals that have a body structure like ours. They're all different, but they're all part of one common denominator. We share a lot. We can even transplant pieces of animal stuff. As we go further and further, simple emotional drives in a person, Ramban says animals have as well, simple love, simple anger, and so on. At some point, we come to a person's innermost neshama, innermost level, the kudav neshama, and there the person is unique. So every person, the, the more external his, the more external part of his neshama is shared. It's like other people. And as we come closer and closer in, we hit on a point where each person is unique. Adam is yechidi nivra. All animals were created liminehu. All animals are part of a species. And they're not unique. Each animal, in all of its qualities, she has the qualities of its species. 
Adam is unique and has that innermost quality. Where we operate and where we function and who we are depends what we bring out from ourselves. A person can be one of many because that's who he is. This is what people do. This is what I do. This is how others act. This is what people don't do. This is what people do. And I go with the flow. That person is part of the world of Rabbi. He is of the many. It is the more the Liminehu of him that's coming out. Buried deep, deep in the person, there's another Chalik. Correct. But that's not who the focal point of the person is. The focal point of the person is his Rabbi. Harbei Asu means people who are harbe. They go with the flow. That's what drives oh, we have a Pshimbay over here, we have Pshimbay That does not work. You can't be a Pshimbay because of the flow, because of the rabbit. The Bnei Aliyah are Me'atim. And it comes down to Abshim Rechoy himself and his son, who's Hemshech of it. In other words, what he was saying was, a Ben Aliyah is Be'etzim, part of the Ma'atim, and a Yochit. It's everyone, you could have many, many Ben Aliyah, but each one is not one of a species, but is unique. And that's, and that's what he said. They are many, many um, people, but the Nealia are a few. And that's what the Mishnah in Tainus is telling us the halacha. There are Tanesim that are the obligation of the Tzibur as a Tzibur. A Tzibur is obligated to act as a Tzibur and Takanis, and somebody who does not fall in line with the Tzibur, is, is, is a terrible punishment, it's a punishment at Tzibur. There's a Seder of Tainis that's obligatory on the Tzibur, and everyone is part of a Tzibur. And then there are people that are Yechidim. And it doesn't, it's not a numerical quality of how many Yechidim there are. There could be like there could be an ear molly but in the sense of who they are, there's Yechidim. It does not become mitzkarif. Yechidim remain Yechidim, even if there are 10,000 of them. And even in a city where you have 10,000 Chachamim, the tainess is not a tainess tzibur. It's a tainess of Yechidim, even if all of them are fasting. Just like if you have a few hundred people casting a tiny cholim. It doesn't make it into a tiny tzibur. It's a tiny cholim that many people are fasting. Each one with his own cholim and, and, and his own inyan. So the mahalach in the bria of Reb Shem that allows himself to be not part of the world, 
Derech Eretz, in the sense of being, of taking part in the mundane affairs of the world, that's something that applies to every person who's part of the world. That's who he is. People who are Yechidim, they stand alone and they have their own place. People ask the Rambam, brings uh, the Rambam is famous in Hilastama Torah, speaks very strongly against taking money for being Osik in Torah and so on. And at the end of Shemitah and Yoivlis, he ends with tremendously inspiring words about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide for those and so on. And the Kasha is a famous question. This, there, there are many Tirutsim to explain it. But I think if you read the language in the Rambam, the Rambam says, V'loshevet levi bovad, el kol ish vishn ba'olam, asher, nodva rucha oisoi, v'hevinoi mado, lihibodal lamod me'ashem. It's not that you do like that. If, if the question is, can I do that? The answer is no. But a person that his ruach inspired him, his lave was filled with inspiration, and his mind grasped the chashivas of Torah, then he belongs in a different world. He's a yachid. But it has to come from inside. It's not a derek like I say, okay, put, put the car in auto and let it go. It's each one is individual, and it's his own panemius coming out. Reb Chaim was a yachid. And even if a million people went through his door, Reb Chaim was a yachid. His derech, how he got to be, was his own. The Chaznish pushed it very strongly to learn a certain way. It was difficult for him. And he really, there, there were years, I know family, there were years when he struggled with it. It, it was demanding a lot, and it wasn't going. And the Chaznish kept encouraging it. It, it was, it's a derech for yachid. But it was appropriate, because he was a yachid. It was him and Rebbein Shalom. It was Yechida. He lived inside. He lived with that. And Bimela, when we say Enoid Movadai, whether it's correct or not, of course the words are correct. But we try to say in the sense of Enoid Movadai that, that everything will be okay because Hashem is one. What's, what in me believes in that? I keep looking over my shoulder. I do, I act very differently when somebody's looking at me and when somebody's not looking at me. So, where's a not Movadot? A person who lives with his inner sense of Yechida, of that, that that's all that's there, then it's Enod Movadot. We asked, why is it Rabbanan that are unique to this, to this Yechidas? Rav Hutner has 
Maimon Shvuas, he speak in and Shvuas, he speaks about the the that he, he takes a halachic point. It says a person should learn b'mokom shlibechafetz, and he asks, um, why is it different if I have two koilim to be mevaker? Which one should I be mevaker? Assuming the needs are fairly similar, which one I feel like? I mean, doesn't doesn't make a difference. I have two on the stock and then how likely it fit the same. So whatever I feel like. I mean, I have two circuits to learn. They both I have to make first turn both of them. So what's the to learn from the What's the din of Libay Chafetz? So if one speaks by Rikas, and the point that he makes is this Indian of a person being unique is something that must be shy to the part of the person that is reflects the Tzuras Adam. Because all animals are liminehu. And Adam is the only one that is unique. And is unique is the term Lakim because of the Seichel. So the mitzvah that applies to our hands and feet, that mitzvah is it's common. So Libei Chafetz is just, it means it doesn't make a difference. That's what Libei Chafetz means. It means whatever you want. But when it comes to the mitzvah of Palmatera, which addresses a person's das, which is him as unique person, Libei Chafetz means that that's his chelak and taira. That's what he explains about that. The chilek of Avedas Hashem that most strikingly hits home at this point of Yechidus in a person is Talmud And that's why all these inyanim of being mufka, Torah Matayalah, he doesn't say what's going to be with mitzvahs, who's going to do all the chasadim. He doesn't say Talmud is the place where this is, this, this inyan is, is hit straight on. In a person's learning, every person's Torah is different. Every person's Torah is unique. And if a person is Amal, he brings that out in him. Reb Chaim's Yechidus expressed itself in its learning and was evoked by the learning. And it was one with his learning. It's an incredible media. We said, and he was the Mi'uta Mi'uta. He was in Shtayim Hain. Where is it relevant to a person? Where is it relevant to us? It have any cycle with it. There's a, a, a Gemara Nida. The Gemara describes a person who is um, in the mother's... Every, every, Human being starts as a fetus in the mother's womb. There are different descriptions about the Malach learning with him, the light, and so on. Each one of these are extremely deep in Yanim. Everyone understands it's not a biological description. It's a description of what is a person as he's being formed. And then it says, misham. person does not leave the womb until he gets a Shavuah. What's the Shavuah? 
Gemara brings psukim about the you know there is a shvu or maya shvu shem hashpinoisoi ki tzadik balti rasha. It's a shvu that a person be a tzadik and not a rasha. Vafilu kol olim kol oimim loy tzadik ato hayebe nachke rasha. And even if the entire world lords you as a tzaddik, you need to consider yourself as a rasha. It's imperative that this shvur take place before he leaves. He must still be there for this shvur to happen. Why is this stage? Because the last point at which a person is still a yachid in his own world is this point. Once he leaves, he's already part of a bigger world. The brunt of the Shavua is not so much the Tzadik Tia, but your value, your self-evaluation of Tzadik needs to be live up to what's within even if you're in a world where you're far better than everybody else, that means that you're part of the rabbin. You're not touching that part of Yechidus. The last point at which all that exists is Yechidus is that moment. We all are have we ever asked ourselves, is there anything that I do or don't do that's not following the tzibur? Everyone is mezals on a certain Indian. I feel it's wrong and I'm a kind. Most people don't do something. I think you have to do it. Now, if we do it in a way where it's noticed, there's a lot of That's a dependency that's even worse, more perverted than doing because everyone's doing it. Doing it not in your face or doing it yes in your face, it, it, is, it makes me a, a much worse version of being somebody that's that's totally the tzibur. But are there things that I do that no one knows about? And no one does. But I know it's emis and it's right and it should be done. Not talking big things. Talking about things that that's... We, Baruch Hashem was over to live at a time when there's a big tzibur and a beautiful kahol and, and, and so on. But how much of what, is there something that I can point and say, this is my hakara, and say it to myself, and only to myself. Do I have one kuda of yechidus that, that I can touch base on? We're not talking about great or giant things. We're talking about things that are new to me. This is something that I really feel strongly about. And I do it, and I do it no matter what. That's one area where a person can have a slight, a, 
a negia to that innermost sanctum of his, Yechida. And in Talmud Torah, again, Baruch Hashem, when people are in Yeshiva, we learn very stark. When we leave Yeshiva, there's also Kviyas and learning. And as should be, when a person is not in Yeshiva anymore, the learning is to know the important things, to hear things, and so on. It's, it's passive in, in a certain sense. But is there a time, I'm not talking about Iyun as making big Chidushim on Mesechtis. I'm talking about taking something in Halacha and in Agada and mulling over it, chewing over it. Every person's mind is different. But if all that enters my mind is the information is the same, the halacha, the bottom, bottom line halacha of, of what to do should be the same. But understanding the halacha, describing it exactly, explaining it, defining it, that's the one mitzvah. Everybody's talus is the same, everybody's tefill is the same, everybody's mitzvahs are the same. Everyone's Talmud Torah is unique. And it's the one place where if we work on it, we give ourselves the small amount of time needed to think, to ponder, to, to, to go all true over and over until we get our unique time out of it. Our makom shlibe chafetz in the particular area, that's also a negia nechidus. To see somebody who was a shemirchay of our generation, even though there are Baruch Hashem, many, many Lundi Torah, Oiske Torah, tremendous people, but he definitely was the Yachid of the Dar. It was not that there were not other people like him, it's that he lived in his Chadri Chadar, despite being trampled all over everybody. He lived in Chadri Chadarim, he sought HaKadosh Baruch from within, he, 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 he was the, when a person is, brings out that the Kudah of Yechidus himself, then his is a very different Shevach. Seeing that there was a person like that in itself is something that it's a schusfas. But we need to understand every single person has that Nekudah himself. And there was a moment before we became part of a rabbin. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu took each and every one of us and was mashbiahim, that one part of Avaida, something of mine, should be unique to me, not dependent. And even if anyone says, you're wonderful and great, but I know that I'm missing something. I know this needs to be done different, better, deeper. I know about it, I do it, and no one else finds out about it. That's that the kuda that every person is impressed with. And Tamatural Kulam, being able to carve out some small segment of time dedicated to Tamatural where we bring out our Libra Chafetz, will bring out, as Hashem, that, that the kuda, that, that special Nakuda of Yechidis. Yechidim can be many. They have different halachas. And it's not a quantity, it's a quality of a person. 
And may we be Zaycha because we live in a dar and because Divay Hespid, we try to touch base, try to get a sense of, of that giant. We should be Zaycha to some Hisairis to each and every one of our Nakudas and Yakuda. Thank the Rosh Hashiva and the Rabbanim Chashuvim for their incredibly powerful and inspiring words. And may we all be Zoha to have the clarity, the conviction, and the courage to apply some of these ideas to our own lives.